Hey, everybody, we are here to tell you about a cool new feature on the website that we would love for you to check out. Head to howtosplitatoaster.com and check out the bottom of the page. You'll find a box floating there that says, quote, ask Seth and Pete, close quote. This box is magical. You just type a question in there and the robots behind the scenes will search the actual audio of our entire library of past episodes and not only give you a short answer to your question, but point you to the specific episodes where we discussed your topic so you can listen yourself. At this point, we're just testing it. To know if this feature should be a permanent feature on the website, we need your help. For that, we need you to ask a lot of questions. So head to howtosplitatoaster.com and click the box, Ask Seth and Pete. The robots will do the rest. On with the show. Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from True Story FM. Today on the show, what do you do if your toaster is a real snooze? Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Seth Nelson. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Pete Wright. Today, we're talking about sleep. I know, I know. What does sleep have to do with divorce, you're asking? Maybe you should ask one of the estimated one-third of couples who are quote, sleep divorced, or any of those couples driven to legal divorce through their relationship with their sleep. To help us talk through the impacts of sleep on health, we're talking to Alex Neist, creator of Hostage Tape and former snoring-related divorcee himself. Alex, welcome to the toaster. Thanks for having me. Alex, I, I got to tell you, it's a little bit, uh, it, it felt at first when we started thinking about what are we going to do for this, how are we going to do this show, that we had, I, I, I was struggling to find a runway. And then I start reading uh, up on the statistics about not just sleep divorce, which I think I saw on CBS Sunday morning some time ago, that that's a thing, but just how incredibly closely tied sleep and sleep difficulties between partners is to divorce, like real legal divorce. How did you get to this this place? Before we talk about your product, which is amazing, how did you get here? Well, I mean, I went through a divorce myself, right? And I think there's quite a few people out there that don't truly understand this. And so when they hear this concept of, wait a minute, I mean, you were snoring and it may have caused you to eventually get a divorce. Get get out of here. No way. People just don't believe it because they don't understand I think what's actually really going on behind closed doors and how that just, you know, creates this cascade, right? And this catalyst for what it what it does. And so for me, I was, uh, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. And so um, always worked from home, always been around my wife. And we were, man, we, we met in 2006. So we've been together. And spoiler alert, we're actually back together. Um, because you divorced because of this. We, yeah, we did. So <laughs> oh, met 2006. So we've been together for a really, really long time. And then we have two kids. And I snored so awful that it just caused her to move out of the room. Right. And as we all know, anybody who's experienced this, when you snore and your partner can't sleep, they resent you and it builds and it builds. The Gottman Institute has this great study that they did over years, right? It's the magic ratio, right? So this is a great way to think about it, where it's this 
five to one ratio, right? So for every negative interaction that you have, so think about this. So if you snore, it's awful, pisses off your your partner and they can't sleep, that's one negative interaction. And then you wake up and, and then all of a sudden it goes to two because you get into a fight. And then it goes to three and then the five. So now you've got five negative interactions by the time maybe you leave to go to work, you have to have 25 positive interactions to counteract that. And that's a, that's a pit that most men just can't crawl out of because it stacks up and gets worse and worse and worse. And so in essence, really snoring for us who've been through it, it's a catalyst. It's a catalyst for all these bigger things that create like this. It's like you're Indiana Jones, right? You're running out of the cave because you've got this big boulder, yeah, you that's, the boulder. that's built up and then you just get rolled over. Seth, what do you think when you hear this stuff about the the connection between sleep and 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 divorce? As, as an attorney, do people come to you and and ever have the direct complaint? I'm leaving them because I can't sleep. No, but they talk about what happens in the morning when they wake up and all those arguments and how the breakdown happens. I have had people talk about that one of the problems in their relationship is one of them is an early bird and the other is the night owl. And so that's different sleep patterns as opposed to being interrupted in sleep. So if you're up early, say you're up at five, you go work out or six, you get your workout and you get your coffee in and you're ready to start your day. But your spouse likes to sleep until one in the afternoon on the weekends or if they work from home. And I've seen this, they're on different time zones for work. So, hey, I'm up late working or whatever the case may be. I've seen that a lot where it's better if someone's like, if you're both early birds or you both are night owls. Either way, that the, the sleep friction is, is the challenge, right? Yeah. And sometimes what happens, and I think this goes more to what Alex is saying, is the night owl will come to bed and start snoring and wake up the early bird. And now they can't sleep. Like when you're not going into bed roughly the same time, like someone's getting in, it might wake you up, right? Like, but not not specifically on the snoring element. So I am thrilled to have Hugs on the show to talk about this. This is really this is great. Well, and I want to I want to ask about the 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 friction part. Like what you're hearing, maybe Alex, from your personal perspective, in my head, part of the reason there is friction when somebody is come is a disruptive sleeper, right? Uh, is that when they're sleeping, they don't know how disruptive they are and that the partner who is disrupted is the victim of something that they didn't, that the person who's assaulting them with the store isn't aware they're even doing. And that builds resentment. Am I, am I right the way that I think about that? Totally. And, and I think the thing about it is, is most of us men, like if we're snoring, we kind of don't know maybe we are. Or even if we are, we don't realize it's a problem and how big of a problem it is, Right. And then most of us think it's not that big of a deal when in fact you shouldn't be snoring. We really shouldn't be. And it's so, so bad for us. And so then we kind of go through this whole thing that us men do where we're like, I'm not going to go in and get it looked at. I I don't want to go in and waste my time and do that. What's he going to tell me? Right. How did it reach the point of divorce in your relationship? So my wife ended up, she slept in the other bedroom for, man, it must've been for a couple of years. It got that bad. I was an entrepreneur, so I was working from home. So I think I think what ended up happening was is when you separate bedrooms, 
not for good reasons, right, but for bad reasons. And then that wedge gets, you know, introduced. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get the resentment, you get all the negative interactions that you just can't get out of. Then for me, because I was working from home, you're almost around each other too much where I think you need to be able to have separation. You need to be able to have your own separate lives. And I think, especially in my case, you end up losing your identity, both as parents, both as men and women, you know, like, and in, in my wife's case, and in, I think many stay at home wives, they lose their identity on who do they need to be taken care of first? They put their kids first, right? So the kids got put first and then it was her and then it was me. And then, and even for myself, I was a high level athlete my whole life. So then when I retired and became an entrepreneur and a businessman, I lost my identity. So then I stopped taking care of myself, gained a lot of dad weight, wasn't doing the things I needed to put myself first, right? So I could take care of my family. So imagine that, right? You've got a, a wife who is putting her kids first, doesn't have an identity. She's losing herself, doesn't know what to do, is getting resentful, snowballing out of control. We're at home. We're probably around each other too much, not able to have our own identities to be able to come back to each other and create that polarity. You know, that I think really good relationships need to have. And then, yeah, it was just, you know, being a first-time entrepreneur. You're up all night snoring, and now you're sleeping in separate bedrooms. But right. we've talked about this, Pete, that part of really solid relationships that last is people live their own individual lives, and they come together on what's important. They don't lose their identity. We talked about it in my own divorce, how I felt that. It was nothing my former spouse did. It was all the pressures I put on myself to be a provider, to be a good you know, associate attorney at work, to make sure that I was doing the chores on the weekend and helping out and doing my fair share. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm never going out and hanging out with the guys or playing, you know, I grew up playing sports, played college soccer and all that stuff. Like where, where did that time go? Right. Um, so we've talked about that, but I think that big gap, Alex, for me is like when the snoring is so bad mm -hmm. that you are actually in separate bedrooms that is just ripe for disaster. Right. It is. And like I say, like, I think when that happened for us, and then she took roots in the other bedroom, I, I didn't maybe understand how bad it was. You know, I didn't really understand how that was going to continue to snowball into what it did. And then it landed, it, it ended up leading to a separation where then Everything just exploded at that point. So let's talk about the f what happens physically when someone snores. What's going on there? Generally, what's happening is, is when your mouth is open, you're breathing through your mouth, and then you're creating a lot of noise from the soft tissue in the back of your throat, right? So number one, we shouldn't be sleeping with our mouth open, right? We should only be breathing through our mouth if we're talking or eating. That's the only time. Other than that, mouth should always be closed. And so as you know, we get older, us guys, as our bodies start to break down a little bit, muscles aren't as maybe as, as tone as good as they used to be, our jaws start to fall open. I don't know what you're talking about, Alex. I don't <laughs> he is the perfect male specimen, Alex. So he's a little confused by what you're saying now, but it's all right. We'll just keep moving on for the for the listeners, Pete. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So so yeah, so so then you've got this vibration that's happening because it's coming through our mouth and 
right? Just that. And the size of the, of, you know, that thing that hangs in the back of your throat, Pete? Go, go ahead, say it. I dare you. I dare you to say it on the podcast. I got to say it very, very clearly. And Andy, if I get it wrong, you're going to cut this, right? I don't think you will. Uvula. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uvula, right? Uvula. uvula. I always get it wrong. <laughs> but here's the deal. I've had surgery. Mine was so big. When I slept and breathed through my mouth, it was just like, and I had- Yeah, like a speed bag. Outrageous snoring. <laughs> outrageous snoring. To the point where- my now wife was like, this is a problem because she couldn't sleep. Personally, I was like, yeah, I'll go get it looked at. I had no idea what could possibly help. And we're going to talk about what Alex has invented in his entrepreneur and things that actually work. But I went to the doctor and when I opened my mouth, he said, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's really not not what you want to hear from an oral surgeon. Yeah. Right? Well, especially when you set it up like, mine was so big, and it, you're talking right. about something in your mouth. That's not what you want to hear. No. So rude. And I literally asked, "What? here's why I'm here. I'm snoring. And they cut a portion of it out. So I literally had surgery. And did it work? It worked. But I think it did a couple things. I think, one, I stopped sleeping with my mouth open for whatever reason oh did you naturally by getting rid of that you naturally then were able to close your mouth i naturally just closed my mouth okay so i think that helps so sometimes i still snore it's not nearly as bad i used to snore so loud i knew that i was snoring loud i would wake myself up that's how loud i was snoring <laughs> wow which is ridiculous okay how long ago was this surgery though tell me it must have been like 10 years ago okay I mean, it was a long time ago. It's really creepy too because you're totally awake and they say open wide and then they take a needle and they start bringing it to put into your mouth. It goes too far it's back. It's really creepy. Feel that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So anyway, but to Alex's point, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not going to do this. So Alex, is there an easier way other than what I just went through? Well, there, there certainly was. And do you want me to get into talking about the product? Yeah, man. I can't wait to hear about this. This is what I've heard. Like the, the the mouth is not a breathing hole, right? Like right. you said, like you eat and you speak, and the rest of the respiratory system should be through the nose. So, how have you helped us focus on the right breathing holes? Yeah. So you know, it's interesting when I discovered this myself. So I was going through that that phase of like, okay, I didn't want to go in to get it checked. Well, what do I do? So you know, like we all do, we go on Amazon. We look for like how to stop snoring. You find those mouthpieces, all the different like gadgets and things that you think you might try and it didn't work right so i originally got this like mouthpiece that you kind of mold and it's supposed to push your jaw forward can't do that thing is that thing you, you have to put it in like hot water or microwave yeah, you, it and then you mold it right it's the worst yeah but what that ended up doing was it actually just made me drool a lot and then my mouth was open and it didn't actually do anything right so then i went down this rabbit hole of i i read an article by james nestor and james nestor wrote his best-selling book called Breath. And if you haven't read it, everybody should read this book. It's a phenomenal book. And he talks about this experiment that he did at Stanford Medical Center where they plugged their nose for 10 days. When they plugged their nose for 10 days, they anecdotally you know, recorded how they felt as well as they had doctors there that recorded what happened. And they developed snoring, sleep apnea, really dangerous low levels of blood oxygen. And then when they pulled 
the plugs out, then they mouth taped, then everything went away within a day. So I went, whoa, you mean to tell me that this is as simple as just keeping my mouth shut? Like, that's it? Which is simply the hardest thing for anybody to do. Yeah. You know, being a high-level athlete, like, you know, Seth, you said you played college soccer. I was a football player. I wasn't at your level, dude. I just say that to impress people. It was like Division Three soccer. Hey, it's all it's it's all the same, man. It's all good. Like just to, I had two a days, but I wasn't getting hit like you. Okay, well, you know, I was a quarterback, so I was protected. It's not like I was out there banging my head against the wall every day. Okay, you guys, you could you could show off to each other later. Was this a kind of thing that uh, that that you had heard about as an athlete? No, so that that's why it was so strange to me. Was that as, as a high-level athlete, my entire life, right, and at the time I was in my 40s, right, like low 40s, I'd never heard of this before. And I'm like, how have none of my coaches ever taught us that we need to be keeping our mouth shut and breathing through our nose, right? It seems to be, a, it's been lost on Western culture for some reason. Like when you go to yoga, if you guys have ever done yoga or any listeners have, they'll teach you to breathe through your nose when you're doing yoga. And even when I did yoga, I'm like, I'm not going to listen to this. This is stupid. Like, what does it matter? Right? Like, we all think, what does it matter if we breathe through our nose versus our mouth? So that was when I went, okay. So I went on Amazon and I just bought some, there's thousands of options you can get for tape, right? I just got something, didn't really know what to get. So I put it on my mouth. And before you do it, like everybody, you're anxious. You're like, okay, I'm going to put tape on my mouth. Am I going to wake up? That's a natural thought that everybody who's ever done mouth taping has because it's very like this is like a a very fight or flight response of you're covering your mouth so just covering anybody's mouth you have a natural reaction to want to rip it away right so i put it on and when i woke up i felt like a teenager i could not believe the amount of energy that i had and the thing about poor sleep is it stacks Right. When you don't get bad sleep, it gets worse and worse and progressively worse. Right. So when I did that, it made me immediately go, the business guy me went, holy shit, there's a business here because this is so simple, non invasive. Right. You don't have to go get surgery for it. At least for most of us, this is a viable option that, you know, unless you're four or 500 pounds, you're really overweight where you definitely need maybe like a CPAP or something in addition to help. Most of us, it was just keep your mouth shut while you sleep. I'm thinking this can save marriages because yeah. not only does it prevent the snoring, but if you let your spouse tape your mouth shut, that's got to be a positive in there somewhere too. <laughs> that's points, right? <laughs> yeah. That was a, like dominatrix, right? It's like yeah. uh, 50 shades of gray. Right? Light, just light, I think they call it. <laughs> right. light. But, but, but not in a sexual way, like just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it was at that point that I went, okay, we're talking about a commodity, right? We're talking about tape because most people, when you think like, it's just tape, like what's the big deal? I thought, all right, well, for most men, you're not inspired to want to go put mouth tape on by going out and buying 3M micropore tape. It's not very inspiring. It's not a very good story. And anything out there that was being marketed wasn't very masculine, wasn't something that was going to catch guys' attention. So I said, okay, 
we're going we're gonna to create this concept and create an amazing brand around mouth tape so that we can inspire men to actually want a mouth tape or to start the conversation. But also we knew that we could have some fun with this. And so I was inspired by Liquid Death. And if you don't know what Liquid Death is, they're this amazing water brand that took water and make it really cool by using this anti-marketing concept. And so we said, all right, we're going to do that. We're going to brand it in a way that gets your attention, but also leans into what it's really about, right? So when you think of hostage tape, right, the name of the company, name of the, of the brand, everybody's first thought is, why the hell would you name it hostage tape? <laughs> That's what everybody's thinking. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thought the same thing, but it got your attention. True. And if you see that come across your Facebook feed, your Instagram feed, you don't forget it. Right, right. And the reviews, by the way, are amazing. Yeah. And especially because you have a delightfully bearded hipster on your on your website pulling off the hostage tape from his beard. And that sold me as a as a, a facial haired individual. Like that the host, like taping your face. Kind of hurts when you yank the tape off in the morning. Somehow you you get the hipster to be happy with it. The, you're that's aces. He's got he's all smiles. That's my co-founder Ben, by the way. He's perfect. He's just <laughs> perfect. I just I have all smiles when I watch him pull that tape off. He's got his hat on and he's smiling. I'm from Portland. I have to like he's like my people. He totally is from Portland, by the way. He lives in Portland. Is he? He really? totally does. He lives right in Portland. So so I know Ben for a long time because he was a uh, he was my creative guy from my previous business. And I went down and I said, all right, dude, I got an idea for business. This is going to sound crazy. I want to call it hostage tape. And he went, that's not crazy at all, man. I love this idea because I'm going down this, this rabbit hole too. But it stems from two things, this double-sided coin. One is, so when I first started mouth taping, I used to warn my kids because at the time when I started, I wasn't, I was separated from my, my wife. And so when my kids were at my house, I would tell them, hey, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to put some tape on my mouth. So if you come into my room and you see me, don't freak out. It's going to look like I'm being held hostage. And I, I didn't realize. <laughs> to your kids. I didn't realize what that was going to mean until when we decided, holy crap, like this is what it's got to be. It's got to be called hostage tape. Now, the flip side of the coin was we wanted to lean into this core emotion that people feel. People feel held hostage by either their partner or sleep that they're not getting. And they're, they feel hopeless and they don't know what to do. True. Okay. So it's that that we really lean into. And then just knowing that people are going to go, hostage tape, whoa. And so we see it all the time now where people will say, I see you guys everywhere. And I can't not remember it hostage tape because it's so polarizing so so take us through the experience when you first try it because it's freaky yeah so when you first like when you first try mouth taping you're thinking like everybody else wait am i gonna wake up like am i gonna suffocate yeah everybody has that feeling even i did the guy who founded the company i was worried that i was gonna suffocate so at first you might put it on your mouth before you go to bed and you're like okay what does this feel like you put it on, you're like, oh my God, this feels really weird. Yeah, you try to like break out of it. Like, is there instant, how much fight gets in the way of actually letting yourself go to sleep? I mean, I'm not an anxious guy by nature. So yeah, I didn't really have that big of a reaction to it. But I would imagine for 
the many people out there who are more anxious, you put it on and then you might immediately rip it off, go, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And so we always tell people, if you're really anxious, then just put some tape on while you're sitting at your computer doing some email. Right. Before you're going to sleep. Right. Because at least that way, then you're subconsciously training your brain that, oh, this is okay. This isn't a big deal. I don't need to be anxious about this. Oh, and then by the way, oh, wow, look how my nose actually opens up when I use it. All right. What happens if you got a stuffy nose, though? Here's what happens with in your body. And I'm not talking about like if you're allergic. That's a different reaction. But if you just have a generally just stuffy nose, maybe you're a little sick, right? When you open your mouth and you start breathing out of your mouth, your brain tells your nose to make mucus. And then it creates this vicious cycle of constantly keeping your nose plugged. But if you shut your mouth and then just force yourself to breathe through your nose, it naturally starts to open up. But now, believe it or not, I've been mouth taping now for four or five years. Okay. No matter how sick I am, I'm never not mouth taped. Because my nose always opens up. Your nose... It always fixes itself. That's the way it works. It's just the way our bodies work. This was designed to breathe, right? The mouth was not designed to be a breathe hole. Well, let's 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 talk then about the, the uh, alternate tape. Because for those on video, you're actually wearing a bridge, bridge tape right now. I'm wearing a nose strip, yeah. Nose this strip, a, right. This is a second product we made, right? Well, I'm curious about what role that serves when you're mouth taping. Yeah. If, if they related or not. They're very related. So one of the one of the biggest questions that people have with mouth taping is, well, what about my nose? Because I get stuffy noses or maybe I've got a deviated septum. And so what this does is it's got some plastic in it that just helps flare the nostrils and open the nose up to increase the air that I can take in through my nose. So it helps open up, right? And so certainly when you're when you're sleeping, any way that you can increase the air coming in through your nose is good. Um, I find that I actually like wearing this when I go run and work out. You know, being able to run and then focus on nasal breathing is a huge hack when you're working out. Sure. Do you do you find just sort of physiologically now that you've been mouth taping so long that you are that your mouth is closed more often during the day? I mean, you totally do. So now you become more aware of. When you're sitting at your computer working, are you like this? Yeah. Or are you like like this? And look, I know you totally marketed to to men on this and they don't go look, but women snore too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm looking at you, wife. (laughs) (laughs) Now, statistically, you know, I think I think roughly it's like 75-25, you know, like statistically, three quarters of of them are men and the other quarter women. But yes, certainly. There's plenty of women who buy our product too, who they see it and then they buy it and they're like, oh my God, I love this. Right. So totally. Well, the interesting part is that it gets you a better night's sleep, right? Like at one level, you're like, I'm trying to solve this problem of snoring because it's impacting my relationship with my spouse. Mm -hmm. But what it ends up doing is improving your ability to sleep, which improves your life. There's a common word that you'll see, a common phrase you'll see when you read the reviews is life-changing. People will say, wow, I was so skeptical, but this changed my life. I want to talk about your, your, your divorce with sleep friction, right? Snore friction. Do, can you 
can you confidently say that that mouth tape actually brought you back together? It wasn't like the mouth tape per se, you know, our, our divorce was really rough. Like we didn't even talk for, it was probably the two, three years we were separated. So we were separated for a good year, year and a half before the divorce finally like, you know, went through and was official. And then it was another year or two, maybe we didn't not, we did not talk. We, even when we would do kid drop off and pick up, we had to do it from the curb and inside the house. And we, there was no words, nothing at all. It was that awful. For whatever reason, there was just a ton of unresolved pain and issues that her and I had that we didn't work through and was just still there. And so then when we got back together, it was this really weird day where I pulled up and I was dropping the kids off at her house and she came out and I was like, "Uh Oh, right. (laughs) I knew that was coming. What's going on? (laughs) You know, I was like, I got to keep my mouth shut. So she came out and then before I knew it, I was in the house within an hour. And for me, it was a very emotional moment because for however many years we were separate, there was that half of my life that I didn't get to see my kids' room, what they were doing. I mean, because now our kids are they're 14 and 12. There's this half of, of your life that you don't get to be around your kids. And so being invited into this part of their life now was very emotional be able to see my son's room, my daughter's room. And then it started from there. I can't explain it. It was almost like the universe kind of willed us back together in a weird way. And then when we got back together and then we started sleeping in the same room, she it was a, oh, wow, look at this. Maybe this is another thing that we can handle together again. This is new. But she was like, but you're not snoring. This is interesting. You know, so we were able to sleep in the same bed. And so then there would be times where maybe like at night, if we're trying to connect or talk, I might fall asleep and forget. And she'll be like, honey, dude, you, you got to put your you, tape you on. You got to mouth up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then I roll over, you know, put some tape on and, and then I'm good. That's crazy. Well, I mean, we're not talking about a little problem. You know, we've talked a, a little bit about some of the stats, but we, we've got this, the the difference between sleep divorce and and divorce. <laughs> The legal divorce, sleep divorce seems kind. It's it's kind of trendy, kind of not. You guys were sleep divorced for a while, right? In your relationship, do you find people trying to use the tape to resolve sleep divorce? I've seen a lot of people who have contacted us who use Hasha tape. My wife does a lot of our HR stuff for the company. She was getting the workman's comp set up, and in the process of doing that, the lady on the other end said. Oh my God, I just have to tell you, hostage tape saved my marriage. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. And so we get a lot of those stories of, we discovered hostage tape. I was so frustrated. I didn't know what to do. And it saved my marriage because now he doesn't snore and we can sleep in the same bed. Thank you for changing my life. Do you have any stats on that? What a stat on what specifically? on sleep divorce what like that's the root cause so i mean certainly i think it's debatable but i think there's a stat out there that says it might be the third leading cause of divorce i think that's loosely thrown around but it's like how do you measure that specifically with just outside of just what somebody may or may not say 
Well, especially because what Seth said earlier, right? If the truth is that you're snoring and one or both of the parties in the relationship are getting poor sleep, they're not probably not eating well. They're not, you know, they're not able to regulate emotions as well as they normally would. Like you might call call it the third greatest root cause of divorce, because even if you can't pin it on divorce or on, you know, snoring uh, or sleep divorce, you certainly are not behaving as a well, healthy slept person would. And you may not know, right? Yeah. You may not realize that the root cause was snoring that then set off this chain of events because then you might be thinking it's all these other things. On that point, you need to know what your body's telling you. And it's very easy just to say, well, I'm tired because I'm getting older. My back hurts because I'm getting older. Go get it checked out. I like to ride bikes, run, swim, stay active. And I was riding my bike and like my lower back hurt. And I was just like, I'm just getting older. That's where it goes. You always hear these people, I'm old, oh, my back hurts. It turns out I had a degenerative disc that was barely even there. <laughs> and I ultimately had spinal surgery and I have an artificial disc in my back. It, yes, I was getting older, which caused the disc to degenerate, which caused this problem that was fixable. So don't just chalk it up to you're getting older. There might be a medical issue that you can resolve and you'll feel better. The bottom line is, to Seth's point, if you go get it checked out, and to Alex's point, if you can fix it, then why not try that? <laughs> Give it a shot. Give it a shot. I, I am, I've never done it. I've never done it. But both of my parents have, have been longtime mouth tapers. I, I want you to talk about Hostage Tape, where people can get it. Okay, so you can go to HostageTape.com, and you can order right there. You can go there, and you can buy just a, a month's supply and try it out, which is what a lot of people do. Or... If you're really sold on it, then you just buy like a year supply or you can subscribe to it. But pretty straightforward. There's not like a ton of options, but you could just go to hostagetape.com and you can buy it there. We're on all, all the socials, so you can always follow us anywhere too and see that. If you want to check out the reviews, go to the review page and see what other people say. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you, uh, this has been great, Alex. Thank you for the tour uh, through Hostage Shape. It feels like, you know, I, I look at your sort of path of entrepreneurialism and I, everything seems to be related to what you're doing at the time. But this business seems to be the most personal to you. And, and you can really you can tell you can really see it. Very. Alex, nice. Thank you so much for being here. We sure appreciate you. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. Seth, according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, about 10% of children live with a parent with an alcohol use disorder. It's just tragic. Pete, we hear this statistic all the time. At the end of the day, the courts don't care about the statistic. The courts care about keeping kids safe. And when I mean safe, I mean safe from a party who truly suffers from an alcohol disorder or is being wrongly accused of having alcoholism or some other alcohol disorder. It's easy, and it saves you money. Instead of he said, she said, 
There's Soberlink. Soberlink is fantastic, and they are a fantastic partner to this show. So what is Soberlink? Soberlink is a device. It's like a breathalyzer, but it is more. You blow into Soberlink whenever you want to prove in real time that you are safe to be with your kids at carpool, at drop-off, at handoff. Whenever you're going to be driving, you blow into Soberlink. It uses facial recognition to prove that you are the one blowing at the time that you are taking the reading. It sends it off to the people who need to know. People involved directly in your case, not to be used for publication, not to be used for social media. This just goes to the people who matter most for your case as you are collecting data. Soberlink Remote Alcohol Monitoring has helped over 500,000 people prove their sobriety and provide peace of mind during parenting time. And Seth, word on the street is courts love it. Yeah. And it's not just when you're getting in a car. Let's be clear. People can say, never gotten a DUI. What's the issue? Well, the issue is once you're home at five o'clock and you're no longer driving, but you're going to start cooking and having a glass of wine and that glass of wine turns into two bottles. That's now an issue. So it's not just getting in the car. It's when you, the children are in your care, custody and control, are you focused on them and not using alcohol? Independent third party, real time verification to support your case. I haven't been drinking Here's the proof. Those are the words that lawyers and courts love. But here are the words you're going to love. You can save 50 bucks off your device and get started right away at Soberlink.com slash toaster. That's Soberlink.com slash toaster. Thank you to Soberlink for sponsoring this show. And now we're going to toss to listener question time. Seth, are you ready? Always ready, Pete. Seth, we've got one uh, that it is it, well. It fits in with our animal theme. You know, sometimes we're I, I, we may be known as uh, the internet's favorite divorce podcast about pet care, and so I'm eager to share with you this question. Here we go. This one is uh, comes from anonymous. Here we go. We have bred golden retrievers for the past decade or more. Depending on litter size and other characteristics, we clear between twenty and thirty thousand per litter. We also can do one to two litters per year. The wife keeps this money, as she says, she uses it for Christmas and vacations. If she keeps all the dogs, does this income go into calculations since it's usually cash transactions? What do we say to to, uh, Golden Retriever? Excellent question. I can even broaden this larger to any business that deals with cash transactions because you're running a business. So when you say keep the dogs, you really mean keep the business. So I'm going to start general, and I'm going to go specific to what I understand about breeders. One, yes. Cash transactions, check your local jurisdiction in Florida, it's all income. So it will go into the calculation of what is your gross income minus deductions to get to your net income. And when you run a business, you're entitled to a whole bunch of deductions. So how do you track it is the problem. It's the same thing if people are servers or if they're going to anything with cash transactions, such as getting your hair cut or whatever, a lawn guy, whatever the case may be, pool guy, anything. First off, a lot of people aren't using cash anymore. They're using cash apps. You can subpoena the apps, Venmo, Zelle. That's a great way to do it. Furthermore, beyond my understanding, people keep these things public. That's right. I, I would love to know how much, you know, Alex pays for his golden retriever. Right. So exactly. So you can look at that. Now, my understanding 
for breeders is there's typically a contract with the buyer that says you can't breed this dog. So you can subpoena the contracts that they should have when they're selling the dogs. Yes, if they don't produce them, there's not much you can do about that. So you just kind of got to get all the pieces to the puzzle to find out ultimately how much they're receiving. Now, you're going to get the gross number they receive before they have legitimate deductions. Food, care for the dogs, vaccines, vet care, all that are legitimate deductions to get down to the company's profit, which is usually a pass through to taxes for the individual. Fascinating. All right. No bones about it, Seth. So bad. This is why I'm here, buddy. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Thanks for the answer. Thanks for writing in that question. And don't forget, you, listener, dear listener, you can write in your own question about dogs or cats or any other animal. I'm sure Seth would love to talk about it and the legal implications affecting that uh, animal in your divorce. Uh, Just visit HowToSplitAToaster.com and click on the Submit a Question. Ask a question, it'll come right to us, and we'll get it on the show in the coming weeks. Uh, Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate your time and your attention. On behalf of of Hostage Tape's own Alex Neist and Seth Nelson, America's favorite divorce attorney, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you right back here next week on How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships. How to Split a Toaster is part of the True Story FM podcast network, produced by Andy Nelson, music by T-Bless and the Professionals, and DB Studios. Seth Nelson is an attorney with NLG Divorce and Family Law with offices in Tampa, Florida. While we may be discussing family law topics, How to Split a Toaster is not intended to, nor is it providing legal advice. Every situation is different. If you have specific questions regarding your situation, please seek your own legal counsel with an attorney licensed to practice law in your jurisdiction. Pete Wright is not an attorney or employee of NLG Divorce and Family Law. Seth Nelson is licensed to practice law in Florida. 